Welcome everybody to the four outdoorsmen. Sunday night, mybobcountry.com. If you guys are coming home from the deer hunting opening weekend, hope it went well. Hope you got safe. And I'll tell you what, if you are coming home right now, listen to mybobcountry.com. And we're talking deer stories tonight. You got a deer story, give us a call. 763-450-0100. 763-450-0100. Whether it's a success or not, we want to laugh. If you failed at something, that'd be, what's up? Brandon, were you, were you doing something? Brandon, I saw you moving your microphone. No, no I'm just getting ready. Atta just boy. getting ready to screen these callers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a little nervous as <laughs> yeah, kind yeah, of the organizer yeah, of the show. Yeah. We've never yeah. really had a call-in show. Are and you okay? So... so <laughs> Seventeen dollars. <laughs> you know, I, I heard the phone, so I run. You know what? Uh, we could throw another one in there too. If it's not just a you know a successful or unsuccessful hunt story, if you want to give a shout out to someone who got you into hunting, there you go. Let's do that as well. Anything hunting related, whitetail deer, call in seven six three. Four five zero zero one hundred. You're going to yeah. hear that a lot in the next hour. We're going to be begging for calls, and I'm going to be royally embarrassed. Please no call. Calls. Hey, we don't need anybody because Super Stew's got a lot of stories here. We got Sam well, that's off. Good because I can tell you the phone lines are not lighting up <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Offit, all is to my left, the new owner of Capra's Outdoors on Highway 65. Is that considered to be Blaine or Clark? Yes, sir. It is considered to be Blaine, just yep. south of Highway 10 there. Yep. Mark Lukey is uh, Ron Share Productions, my buddy there. We're like and, outdoor uh, superstars. Yeah, and uh, I'm just a nobody. We're man. in I'm media, just, we're in retail, yeah. we're in retired um, real estate. Yeah, I'm a left-handed Pollock from the east side of St. Paul with two superstars right here. And Brandon's behind the glass. Thanks for listening to the Four Outdoorsmen. It's nothing but laughing and learning. We sure have a lot of fun. Uh, you guys, all right, I, don't, I didn't hunt because, number one, I've done a lot of it, and I'm not sure if I want to do much anymore. But my knee has prevented me from walking into the woods. So I, that's a good well, excuse. I've got my so cane. Sam's so. got four-wheeler. We could ride that's you not, out there. That's not hunting. You know my philosophy. I told you this, Drew. The stand that uh, Mark hunted in this weekend has stairs with a railing. Well, I can't you know get that. you up there. Capable partners or whoever. Didn't yeah. you yeah. have yeah. Like, Action people track on your chair. show just not too long ago that yeah. do uh, a lot more with a lot worse conditions? I have a bad knee. <laughs> I have a bad knee. These people have no legs or are paralyzed from the waist down. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. My philosophy has always been, when I was growing up in the 1960s, and my old man brought us up to Ely, Minnesota, to hunt in a, from, out of a hunting shack. When you walked out of the hunting shack, you were in thousands and thousands of acres, never having to cross a road. You were hunting, and there was no such thing as four-wheelers, no such things as, you know, logging roads getting you from point a to point b there were no tree stands mm -hmm. you there's no onyx maps no there so was you better no. know where you're going yeah you had a compass that was about it and you yeah you hunted ridge and swamp and you you stalked you'd if you jumped a deer you try to figure out where he's gonna you go did what and, one of my favorite yeah. words what do you call it when you lightly walk through the woods pussyfoot yes yeah pussyfoot through the woods i learned and, that uh, one from true yeah. when uh i went up to you with ely deer hunting a few years ago the uh the first year when i was when i was uh 13 years old my old man took me hunting for the first time up in ely minnesota and i told you guys these are old stories but been there been a year hey, now all these listeners haven't heard them i've anyway, heard them a thousand anyway, times but, but yeah, you, tell you, them you've got a memory like my wife she forgets everything <laughs> anyway so my old man hunted with his brothers-in-law in a tent for 10 days in the winter and that back time in the 40s and 50s deer hunting season in the state of minnesota was over encompassed uh thanksgiving that's so what it is in wisconsin so it should a, lot be of again. a lot of controversy from the women they wanted my wife my w mom was one of the ladies who 
lobbied to let these guys come home. Get rid of it. You know, change the season She's somehow. She's like the prohibitionist. You know? yeah, she yeah, was yeah. picketing. Yeah, yeah. Bring them back for Thanksgiving. Yeah, during prohibition, she got a bottle of brandy in her, in her <laughs> bra, you know. But uh, anyway, so uh, my, we, we uh, 1961. We and, and I was Oh. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt your, your flow and everything, but I figure we better get to this call since it might be the only one we have. So Yeah, let's do it. All right, who do we have on the, who do, who do we have on the air right now on We're the four outdoors? We're kicking it off with Craig from Foley. Craig, you're on with the boys. Craig, welcome to the Four Outdoorsman. How did you hunt today? Uh, not too bad. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller here. Good for you, man. Good for <laughs> hey, you. Hey, thanks a lot. First of all, thanks for uh, listening, and thanks for calling in. What do you have for a story for us? Oh, well, I got all sorts of stories, but uh, yesterday morning we had a pretty eventful day. We've seen lots of deer. Uh, we shot one. Watched an older feller uh, miss probably his biggest buck of his life. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> as I was as I was walking, we hunt up by uh, the Sherburn Refuge up there uh-huh. in uh, up by Princeton and whatnot. And uh, I was walking to go get the deer cart to haul out my deer. And uh, I don't know, it had to have been about 140, 150 inch deer. Walked across the road to this old feller that sits there every year, and he missed it twice. And <laughs> <laughs> I walked up to him and I said, did you hit it? And he said, no, nope, I don't think I did it, but I think my grandson's going to get a shot at it. And about two seconds later, I heard his grandson shooting at it. So Nice. That's awesome. And, and did his grandson get that deer then? Do you know? Nope, nope, he no. didn't. He missed it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of eight. Now, the old cross-eye family. <laughs> congratulations to you and whoever else up there got a deer. Did you hunt this morning as well? I did hunt this morning. I've been on. I've been on quite a roll this year. That's uh, that's my. Uh, yesterday was my fourth year of the year, so good I've been for on, you. Uh, on a pretty good roll of shooting deer this year. So, how did the wind affect you this morning? I heard from other people that they just. Uh, actually, the wind didn't, wasn't really too bad for us until about nine fifteen, nine thirty. Then it started blowing pretty good, and then uh, we decided to come back to my place here, eat lunch, and butcher up the deer from yesterday. And take the rest of the afternoon off. Life is a bitch, and then you die. Good for you, man, Craig. Who is yep. uh, who is the uh, who got you involved in hunting when you were a kid? Uh, that was my grandparents and my father. Uh, and I started back in 1995 is when I started deer hunting. Shot my first year in 1999, and. It's been uh, uphill from there for me, pretty much. You know, I'll tell you, what, that's, that's a great, great story. You started in 1995, whatever it is, and then in 1999, you got your first deer, which means you were patient for four years. And I don't know, I mean, I started in 1965, actually, but I don't know if I could be four years without getting a shot or getting a deer. That's, that's kind of frustrating. Good for you to hang in there. Well, it's, it's kind of my own fault. Uh, I was kind of nervous, you know, I was sitting with my dad for the longest time, and uh, I, I was always waiting for him to shoot the deer first because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know on a wound wound or anything like that. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, after that, I pretty much took over, and uh, it's been, like I said, uphill from there. So I shoot quite a few deer every year for our group and give all the meat and stuff away to my parents and uncles that can't. And, can't hunt anymore and stuff like that so you're a good man mark's got something to say Craig, I, I can relate to you the biggest buck i've ever seen in my hunting career i was 12 years old i was with my dad in a stand with a 30 30 it walked probably 70 yards ahead of me broadside 
I had the scope and I was shaking so bad. I was so terrified. I didn't pull the trigger. Oh, it haunts no. me yeah. to. It's like that yeah, girl that sounds, in high school that, that you. Uh, just like my first year, yep. I was, we had. I was sitting next to my dad on a log. We used to hunt up in Zone 172, and uh, yep. it had a had a doe and a fawn come in about ten yards, and I pulled up. My dad pulled up. I was waiting for him to shoot. He was waiting for me to shoot, and then they ended up walking off and. He goes, how come you didn't shoot? And I said, I was waiting for you to shoot. And he's like, well, I want you to shoot one. I've shot enough here already. So. Well, now that's really great, Greg. Craig, what's your last name, Craig? Rudolph. Yeah, Craig Rudolph. I, and uh, what? where are you from? What town do you live in now? I live in Foley. Oh, that's a nice part of the spreaded state of Minnesota. Good for you. That's a good yep. area there, man. Craig, yep. thanks for joining us in the Four Outdoorsman, man. Keep hunting and keep sharing all your skills and knowledge and all that and experience with young people. And we Craig, have... thanks for writing in our shout outs, by the way. Yeah, you're one of the most consistent nope. ones on there. We appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. I enjoy the show, you guys. You guys do a great job. One time I want to come sit in the studio with you guys. We would love Maybe that, buy man. You guys a beer afterwards. We uh, would love that. We would love that. Thank you so much for listening and writing in every week, okay? All right. Have a good night, guys. You Take too. Care. That's funny. Yep. Bye. Yeah. Sure. Uh, do you remember where you left off in your story? Uh, yeah, I think uh, 1965, my first year hunting and uh, at the hunting shack with my old man. We get up. I remember that uh, I told you there's no logging trails and all this kind of crap. And I'm with my dad. I could not put a uh, – I had a 12-gauge, no, 20-gauge slug. But I couldn't put a slug in the chamber or anything until we sat down. That was the rule. Right. And back then, I don't even know if they had gun safety training. That was Not, 1965. No, if you were be- born before December 31st of 1979, you did not. Remember. Then I did not. So, in fact, to be honest with you, I don't remember my old man teaching me how to shoot a gun, but he must have because I've done it. <laughs> because I've Good done luck. It right. See you yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so um, my old man got up. They had a few too many cocktails the night before. I remember that vividly. And the other guys got up at 5 o'clock in the morning, made breakfast, and Dad's still in bed like at 6.30, 7 o'clock. And they're already in the woods. So I got up with my old man and, and walked out in the woods with Dad. Within 25 minutes, uh, he jumped a, a monster buck. And that rack is still on the wall at the hunting shack in Ely, Minnesota. He jumped this thing and dropped it like that. Is that baloney bull? No, no, I got baloney bull. Okay. Dad didn't. But uh, it was just so cool. My first experience within a half an hour in the woods, yeah. walking through a, a swampy area, and boom, it jumps, takes off, two steps, Dad gets it. He was so he had a good reputation on Mud Creek Road as being one of the best shots up there. And it was a cool experience. I love that. Yeah. What is it about swamps that big bucks always hang out? Swamp bucks. They called them swamp they can bucks. Hide. Yeah. Is it because they can hide better? Yeah, usually around a swamp, there's a lot of thicker areas that they can sneak in and hide and they kind of have everything they need right there. And they live longer because they're in a swamp and no one wants to drag their butt through there, maybe? <laughs> right. That's about yeah, it, but, yeah. But yeah. their habitat isn't that great, so they taste nasty. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I remember the best things about hunting growing up was the cabin. You know, like coming yep. in at the, in the evening and, you know, my mom always made chili. It was the same group of guys. And what? Where was it? It was in Let's Audi. Let's set the story. Yeah, what, what hotel was this? <laughs> Blue <laughs> shadows <laughs> on the trail. Okay, 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 okay. Little cowboy, close your eyes. <laughs> Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. All right, um, all right, go ahead, go ahead. So, outing Minnesota. Where is um, outing? I have no idea. So, it goes like um, Garrison. Okay. Um, One sixty nine. Deerwood. Yep. And then Emily Outing Reamer. Whose cabin was it? So it was a it was a cabin. It was on Ferris Road, and it was the original Dutton Ranch, Ooh. Howard Dutton. Um, and 
we um, they had about nine cabins. Isn't it, Dutton Yellowstone? Yeah, Yellowstone? but this was literally his last name was Howard Dutton, so we call cool. it the original Dutton Ranch. Um, my cousin just came, Nathan just came up mm-hmm. with that the other night, actually. But uh, he had nine cabins, and my uncle Mike, you know, he went up there ever since he was like ten or eleven with his parents and stuff, and we were able to hunt it. I think my my dad and uncle Mike hunted it for like 35, 36 years, and the only opener. Uh, my dad ever missed was my birthday because my birthday is tomorrow it's always right around deer season happy birthday thank you um but yeah it was always you know i'm, I'm gonna be 33 tomorrow but i still remember like the first couple of years like we'd go in you know mm-hmm. it'd get dark it always seemed like it was colder you shoot a deer you could hang it up in the tree oh, yeah. yeah um and we still had to go to town to use the pay phone to call my mom like say like yeah we're doing good you know ch- chili's good and they always had these little pies that we'd always get it was always the memories of building the traditions inside the cabin yeah it was fun to get out and you know watch deer and shoot deer but man i'll never forget like the memories we made like in the cabin yeah i, I would agree that was the best part another great part for us so we when i was 12 through high school we hunted along the wisconsin river and we had two pop-up campers that we parked and there was like a platform in the middle and we built our cabin every year. So every year we'd go up two weeks before and we physically built like a plywood cabin wow. in between two campers. So that was part of it too. It's cool. Yeah. You go up there and oh, yeah. build something, you set it up. Uh, one of the guys was like a great chef. He'd make a huge steak and mushrooms. And uh, I just remember... I remember learning things at 12 because it was me and a bunch of old grizzled dudes that <laughs> that hunted in the same place. And and I felt like I was finally a man like, you know, they were swearing. They were t- talking about girls. And <laughs> I was just like, this is what it's like being a man. Yeah, it was, it, you know, maybe a nudie mag in the corner. Hope, hope my mom's not listening. <laughs> I, I, I remember the same things like all the cousins <laughs> and stuff. And some of the best stories came out of there. One of them being my uncle, Mike, Vietnam vet is highly addicted to salt, you know, from the army, you know, yeah. always putting all Cause he can't Navy. taste anything. Did yeah. he smoke forever? Uh, yeah. I Usually so. smokers. So butter and use salt. salt. So it was like the butter and salt was sacred in the cabin. And they were talking one night. We're like, yeah, what do deer like to eat? And my uncle Mike was like, oh, they love salt. You know, and I'm like, oh, wow, cool. And the next morning after breakfast, like Malcolm Mike's like, where the hell is the salt? My cousin took it out and put it in front of his stand. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he, he shook the salt out yeah. because they said salt like that. My uncle. Then he gets was, arrested Tuh. for baiting. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> That's when funny. I took when I started taking my kids hunting, uh, we would go out, and get up a, a day before, and, and look at find trails, find you know deer beds and paw marks, all that kind of good stuff. And I I found a I taught my son Joe this. Remember this? And it's, I don't know where I learned it. Probably from. Uh, Outdoor news. I don't know what the hell it was back then. <laughs> but was there's so many tracks going back and forth. We didn't know what time they were coming through in front of the area where I normally hunted, which direction they were normally going. So what we did was took um, uh, string and hung it between the trees over the, over the trail. And you could tell which direction they were going at a particular time. So if we got out there at 4 o'clock in the evening and we get there in the morning and the String is one particular direction. We know they're coming back this way in the morning. That kind of yeah. thing. That's, oh. That was kind of cool. Oh, you know? that's very smart. Yeah, that was kind of fun. I, I love to, uh, for talking memories real quick before we go to break here in a few minutes, my cousin Nathan, who Mark got to meet, um, 
the first year he came up, it was actually a couple of years before I went. But my dad and my uncle Mike were kind of like the godfathers of this camp, this hunting trip. And my dad went out the night before and put a bunch of like black jelly beans in a pile, like on one of the main trails. And so the next morning they were all walking in. And he goes, all right, Nate, you know, we all did it on our first trip. You got to eat deer poop. Or you got to take a bite of it. And Nate's like, no, I don't. And he looks at his dad and goes, dad, do I? He goes, we all did it. And my dad's like, it's not that big of a deal. And he reached down and picked up one of the jelly beans and yeah. ate it. And was yeah. like, oh, this is nasty. Well, then there was like a real pile of stuff. And like Nate slowly picks one up. He goes, do I have to, Dad? And like we all did it. And like my my dad tells the story the best because like he was dang near crying about it. But they didn't make him do it. But kind of a fun we little. Have, do we have time for another call before break? I'm not used to calling shows. Yeah, I mean, we got two minutes. That's an eternity. All right, kind of. bring it on. Um, so uh, I'm sure the name Will Goble rings oh. a bell, but this is not Will. This what? is his brother, Ooh. Ben. Ooh, Ben, around with the boys. Ben, Ben Goble, welcome to the Four Outdoorsmen. So you, uh, you have to put up with your brother Will. I can't wait to hear this story. Now, you, were you deer hunting this weekend? Obviously, right? Yes. Yeah. That's that's right. And and tell Thanks. us a story. What happened? Oh well, I finally uh, finally got one up on Will, which is pretty hard to do, as far as you guys know. So <laughs> we uh, we're getting out there. Everybody's all excited because opening morning, right? And he's giving me sh- crap because I like to, you know, take it a little bit easier in the morning, not in so much of a rush. And so I do my thing, and he's griping at me. You see anything yet? Oh, did you leave the camper yet? And uh, so I'm pushing walking around the woods looking for some deer and sure enough him and him and my other brother are sitting there making fun of me because i don't take it as seriously as them of course so yeah. here we that. go yeah. walking down the trail they're yelling at me because i'm causing too much noise and so i'm just sitting there ignoring them and i got my 44 on my shoulder and uh first uh first time hunting with that gun so i'm pretty excited and i'm walking down our tra- our trail and uh you know, typical story, you hear something, heart starts jumping out of your chest, so you just try to stand still, and, you know, out walks a deer 20 yards in front of me. Crazy. Couldn't have been more perfect, and down she goes, and, yep, both brothers were pissed. Crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, that not that funny how that works? Someone once told me his name was, oh, I forget his name. Anyway, he was a manager of a company I used to work with. He told me, you can be as quiet as you possibly want to be, as, as as you can be, but those deer know you're there. They know you're there. Hey, I'll tell you what. Hang on a second. We're, there's more to that story. If you can hang on through a break, we're going to have you finish this story after break. Is that okay with you, Ben? You betcha. All right, we'll be right back with Ben Goble and more deer stories on The Four Outdoorsman. Checking in with the four outdoorsmen. Find them at mybobcountry.com under the weekend tab. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten of possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com, and thanks. Ice fish 
fishing season is almost here. The 2022 Hardwater Ice Fishing Expo is coming to the National Sports Center in Blaine November 18th through the 20th. Featuring the latest gear like augers, tackle, rods, reels, sleds, trailers, electronics, and more. Stick around for great pro seminars and learn tips and tricks that will help you catch more fish this winter. There's fun for kids and adults, so bring the whole family. Don't miss the 2022 Hardwater Ice Fishing Expo November 18th through the 20th at the National Sports Center in Blaine. Mark here for Everest Men's Health. You know, I've been going to Everest Men's Health for about nine months, and I got to say, things have been a lot better for me. Uh, physically, I got checked, and I'm, I'm gaining muscle. I'm losing weight. Uh, I think if you are in a slump, and you're a guy like me, maybe middle-aged or that region, go to Everest Men's Health and get a $50 testosterone and blood test with a body composition. And I'm telling you, if there's something wrong, they can write it and you will be feeling a lot better. Everest Men's Health has three locations. Go to EverestMensHealth.com. Hey, it's Drew Man here, the Four Outdoorsman, of course, talking about Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota. Way at the east end of town is the best bait shop in town for sure. And they've got everything you're going to need, especially get ready now. I know you're almost done with your small... Uh, small game hunting right now, but get ready for hard water. And Steve and, and Chris from Arrowhead Outdoors have a couple of fish houses they're going to put out there for you. Someplace near the Bounty Water, small lakes around Ely, Minnesota, and you're going to catch whatever you guys want. They have the best equipment, the most equipment. They'll take care of you no matter what it is. As a matter of fact, in January, early January, do what we're going to do. We're going to go up there and trout fish the boys and I are maybe into the Bounty Waters. Arrowhead Outdoors does it all for you. Go to arrowheadoutdoorsemn.com. Thank you very much. I'm here with the new sponsor of the Four Doorsmen, Sam, owner of Capra's Outdoors. Sam, you have an awesome deal going on with 1022 Rifles, a classic Tell us about that. Yeah, this week and probably going into next week, every 1022 you bought buy, not only are you going to get 10% off, you're also going to get a free 25-round mag. Comes with a 10-rounder, but you're going to get a 25-rounder for free. We have over probably 40 of them in stock. We have all the different kind of series. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Come on in this week, 8565 Central Avenue in Blaine, Minnesota. Capra's Outdoors. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at clamoutdoors.com. The number one request of deployed soldiers is take care of my family. The Minnesota Military Family Foundation does just that. We help military families when they have an unexpected financial crisis. I respect soldiers and their families because of their sacrifices for us. One way you can honor a soldier's request and show your respect is to donate. Go to minnesotamilitaryfamilyfoundation.org. Another way is to aggressively say thank you to members of military families. Yes, we as a community do take care of our military families. Thank you, military families, and thank you, Bob FM. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too, even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't 
Don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-878-6993. 800-878-6993. 800-878-6993. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hi, this is Jim Woodruff from Minnesota Wheels of Honor, an all-volunteer Minnesota nonprofit organization dedicated to honoring our Minnesota military, law enforcement, and first responders and their families. We count on them to be there for us when we need them the most, but they need our support every day. This is our opportunity to make sure they get the support they need to continue serving our communities. Will you join us? If you'd like to join us or want more information, please connect with us on Facebook under MN Wheels of Honor. Thank you and God bless America. All right, we're back with the deer hunting stories on the Four Outdoorsman speaking with Ben Goble. Ben, again, thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman. Uh, you guys, where you hunt, you, you stay in a trailer up there. Where do you guys hunt? Uh, we hunt in the northern part of Pine County, Minnesota. Right. So if you're uh, familiar with uh, Sturgeon Lake, you're pretty oh, sure. much right there. Sure, yeah, okay. So you, do you guys have tree stands, or what? What? what is your, your plan? Well, we do have lots of tree stands, uh, not so much this year. Uh, blame that on the tornado that came through the property about a year and a half ago. Yeah, that'll do it. Kind of... Uh, Kind of gave us the whole reset on the property, but uh, this year we've been hunting out of some uh, made uh, off-the-ground blinds that we uh, we built about 14 years ago. Those uh, held up to the tornado, and then there was me who was uh, just doing the walking around method, and uh, it seemed to be that was the method that paid off. I absolutely love that method. I love, I love, I call it pussyfooting through the woods. You stop, you, you sit down for 15, 20 minutes, keep your eyes open, ears open, whatever, and, and keep on going. And at the same time, trying to push deer to the people who are in the woods near you, with you, obviously. You said you were hunting with a 44. Okay, I'm a left-handed Pollock east side of St. Paul. I don't know what a 44 is. All I've ever used is a 30-30 Marlin. How big is a 44 as compared to a 30-30 or 30-odd six? Uh, it's it's quite a bit more lead. I don't know the uh, the exact uh, dimensions and stuff for you, but uh, it, it's 240 grains of uh, lead, so there's a little bit more powder behind there as well. It's a 44 Magnum, so it was, I believe it was produced uh, as a pistol round and uh, and as a rifle round kind of use both um while you're out on the country yeah one bullet so it's handy like that but i don't know i put the deer down right in its track it seemed to do the trick <laughs> so did, okay. that's all that mattered for me you bet you know, Drew, if quick, you want to get quick easy death if you want to get scientific with it a 44 would be exactly 14 millimeters bigger than a 30 is that how that works <laughs> is yeah. that really? 0. <laughs> yeah. i'm no mathematician oh, see what we but <laughs> See what you see what you learned today, Ben. Hell, I didn't know that. Yeah, thirty thirty is a thirty caliber bullet. It's just how the, it's neck down. Ben, I heard this was the first deer you've had in about four or five years, huh? Uh, it's a little bit longer than that. Uh, you know, I think it's been twelve years, honestly. Wow, um, that sounds like so my I, kind I, of streak. Yeah, yeah, but, I broke my bad luck. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Congratulations, thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman, and tell your your brother Will there. I call him the fishing plumber. That um, when the Wildwood Lions Sportsman's Dinner comes up in March, he is going to donate 
an evening of fishing for catfish on the St. Croix River as one of our silent auction items. So you got to remind him that. He doesn't know it yet, but that's what he's going to do. You betcha. He's standing right here, so he's shaking his head yes. <laughs> All right, take care of yourselves. Congratulations. I'm glad you got back safe, and I'm glad it worked out well. 10-4. Well, thanks for having me on, you yeah, guys. you bet. You, can, you can't be a friend of Stu's without donating to the Wildwoods Lion yep. Club's dinner. Yeah, by the way, the Wildwood Lion Sportsman's dinner is uh, March 6th, 2023, and it's in Lake Elmo. It is a hoot. It's a lot of fun. I'll be bugging people for the next three or four months. You got something, I'm going to line up. Probably two or three boxes of um, birdshot okay. for uh, that we get from Federal. Yep, for Pre- you. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And Sam from Does that Camp- mean I get a ticket? Yeah, no. Okay. And Sam from Camper Outdoors is going to donate something as well for a silent auction item, something like that, right? Yeah, I'll do a, a real nice uh, fishing pole and reel combo. Yeah, I think that might be best. I think we have we all have enough. We probably have enough shotguns and rifles that we well, have. Yeah, and it's all those March. Kind of People are going to start thinking about. It. Yeah. Open water fishing. Cool, so. cool, Mark. Oh, I wanted to congratulate you for being on the news, Sam. Anyone Thanks. that saw Channel Four News on Friday saw Sam and Capras. So, what happened there? They just call you or what? Yeah, so they called um, and said, "Hey, we're wanted to come in and talk about opener." And then they said, "We also, you know, wanted to talk about the ownership change and stuff." So they interviewed Dean and interviewed myself, and then um, they talked to a couple of the customers about meat shortages and you know just odds and ends like that but yeah it was really 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 cool really uh really well done too i think it's cool that capris is closed for opener yep for 40 years yeah so uh that would be funny if you bought it and you're like that's it we're all working all weekend yeah yeah. no more (laughs) opener off no i'm they are also closed on fishing opener as well on that saturday so we'll continue on that Okay, let's talk about you guys. You both hunted this last weekend. Mark, uh, I know it's on Sam's property yep. in one of those Cadillac uh, yeah. houses they have up there. I'll tell you, when I was a kid, and this is how cold it was, too, sitting in a stand all day, open to the elements. It was later, so it was around Thanksgiving. It's hunting. I, I remember being colder than I've ever been in my entire life, sitting there by myself at 12. There's no phones. <laughs> There's no Game Boy. There's no even book. It's just sitting there and it's amazing that's how why you gotta wanders. get up and walk around i'll tell you what craig's buddy the first guest we had he knew that that feller who was sitting there he was in no in no deer stand <laughs> that feller if, if he's if he called him a feller he's an old guy sitting on a log that's what he was doing so uh, yeah. yeah so we went um on sam's property a uh, beautiful property he's doing a lot of cool things with it and it's so nice having friends like sam that manage land for you and put up stands a lot better than owning it i just it? you know walk in and you know he's got these wonderful heated blinds sit my butt down it was a beautiful day um i had one doe it was probably a yearling it was all by herself and she hung out with me for about an hour eating stuff but uh i don't think she could be in heat she was probably too young but there was no bucks around so that's all i saw really that day and uh, we saw, I saw a pheasant, which was kind of cool. Yep. Didn't expect that. Saw a pheasant, saw all sorts of stuff, and uh, yeah, didn't did shoot you guys, anything. Did you guys hear any shots? Now, I know you're right next to a gun range, yeah. but is it closed on opening and those no, kind of things? It's people not, still shoot. They it's, still do. Yeah. I, I always find it weird, too, that they do, but yeah, people still shoot. It was slow. Um, I saw just a little buck chasing something. It, he came through kind of hot, and he wheezed. Um and Dean Capra, he's on the other side of the gun club, about a mile from me, and he was saying it was slow around him too. I didn't hear as many 
like one-off gunshots, you know, like you can tell deer hunting. Yeah. I didn't hear as many of those. Um, I saw things on Facebook too, that same thing. It was just kind of slow. And then today with that wind, but looking at the weather and looking at the everything coming up this next middle of the end of the week, I think is going to be pretty good. So tell us your first deer story, your first successful deer hunt, Sam. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> we, me and my brother were walking out early. At the Dutton Ranch. At the Dutton, the original Dutton Ranch. Um, we walked with my cousin Mike and Nate, and we kind of split off. They went to their stands, and we had to go up this hill to our stands. And usually my brother would lead, um, but for some reason I was leading. Walked up the top of this hill, and um, all of a sudden – it was like a spike buck. It was not really even a spike. It was only like an inch. And it was not. It was in they call those a, button bucks, I believe. No, it was in between a button buck and a. <laughs> no, it was in between a button buck and a spike buck. Um, There's no such thing, man. Yes, it was. Okay. It was like not a spike buck in my mind is like five inches of antler. <laughs> This was like two, three inches. Looked the like jokes a, are just coming. Yeah. Well, look like a, look like a. I don't want to tell my story. Couple, a couple of nipples coming out of this deer's head. Big deal. Tell the story. All right. Sorry. So Continue. we walked up this hill. Tell and, us about the button buck. And there was this. It was in between a button buck and a spike. <laughs> and it popped up, and I was like, "You never think about it, you know? Like, oh my gosh! Like, should I shoot? <laughs> yeah. You know? And I was probably, I don't know, thirteen or fourteen. And my brother's like, shoot it. So I was like, all right. So I like pulled up my gun, 30 out six, shot it. I was like, where'd it go? <laughs> we didn't see where it went. And it just snowed too. And so we like tracked it for a little bit. And we couldn't find it. So I was like, oh, whatever. So my dad and Uncle Mike came out. And I was like, yeah, I shot one. And they're like, really? Where was it? And so we looked forever and couldn't find it. We went in and came. Went in and ate breakfast, or we sat for a while, and then we went in. My my, we all went to our stands. We had this like big triangle where my dad was kind of the point, and he could look back and see me and my brother, but we were just facing different directions. You know, he always wanted to keep an eye on us. And my dad's sitting in his spot, and we were gonna go in, and I walk up to him, and this deer was literally laying probably fifteen <laughs> yards in front of my dad. Yeah, and he yeah. hunted there for. A couple hours, didn't even see it. <laughs> so wait, he was in the stand, and the deer died in front of him, and he didn't see it. Behind him. No, he he was sitting on the ground in a blind, and oh. it was like just like kind of like at his 11 o'clock, <laughs> and it was on the ground dead, and he was like, oh, I didn't even see it. I was like, I was looking past that. <laughs> so and he, it's funny because we, wa- we walked around, and then he sat down to hunt, and then it was sitting there or laying there. So that was my first deer story. Yeah, boy. And Mark, your only deer story. My only, I've shot, I've shot many a deer. We have a caller. Let's go to that. We'll we'll go to mine later. Do we have a caller? We do, and it's a name familiar to the four outdoors. And we got Bill Katz on the line. Woo! Bill, you're on with the guys. BK, Bill Katz of Katz Covered, one of our sponsors as well. You must have had a successful deer hunt this weekend. Hey guys, hey guys. Uh, it was a pretty pretty good productive weekend. That's all I can say. Well, tell us about well, it. Well, you got to say more here on the radio, buddy. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Have well, a good day. All right. Next caller. <laughs> well, you know, thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Can't thank you enough for all your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it was kind of, you know, morning started out. And, uh, beautiful morning. Yesterday was just, just gorgeous out. Yeah. Um, got a couple of, obviously, you guys know with uh, what I got going on, I can't climb up in my stand quite yet, so... Tried the tried the sitting down method, the ground blind method. 
And uh, I saw one come in first thing in the morning and just waited and waited, nothing. So the day goes on, obviously go in and have breakfast and figure about 1 o'clock, time to go back out, and I'm going to try a... Try this field. I haven't tried in a heck of a long time. Oh, first of all, I got a shout out to my dad. He was the one that got me hunting. Nice. Had a boy, Dad. Mm. Yep. Quit crying. Uh, you can't know. Got to clear the throat there. There's no crying um, in baseball. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, uh, I go. I, I find a good spot. Got uh, right between these three nice pines, down in a little ditch, overlooking this. Uh, this little field, and, well, it's so nice. What's the first thing that happens? Well, start snoring. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We call that grunting. You know, yeah. and then, uh, then, I, then I wake up, and uh, this was uh, probably about uh, 5 o'clock last night, and uh, sitting there, and, you know, it's funny. I, I bought one of those uh, uh, calls, the deer calls, never used it, and I've never, ever heard a deer do it. And all of a sudden, first thing I heard was, ah, ah. I was like, is there another hunter around here yeah. blowing their freaking call? Yeah. And looking around, so I just waited and waited. And sure enough, about 50 feet across from me, this big buck stuck his nose out and just kept walking towards me. And I was waiting for him. I pulled the rifle up, waiting for him to turn sideways. And he did. And... Like I said in my picture, one bullet, one buck. Isn't that something? You know, I've never, I've hunted 50 years, and I've never called, I've never rattled, I've never done any of that stuff, because back then in the 60s and 70s and 80s, nobody did that. It's fairly new, and I know in different states they did it, but that's really a cool, cool deal. I've never heard that. Good for you. That's exciting. So did your heart, now you're, you're what, you're 50, how old are you, 50-something years old? How old are you? 58. Okay. Did your heart start beating like as you were a little kid when you heard that? It, the, the, just like Dad Dad always said, now you're going to see this buck, and what's going to happen is your heart's going to start thumping, and you're going to get what's called buck fever. <laughs> yeah, it, all, it all came back. Oh, good for you. What a thrill. Congratulations. Marky, go, buddy. Oh, I'm just saying it's almost time for break. All right. Congratulations, Bill. Hey, tell us what part of the state were you hunting? You bet. Thanks, guys. That's good enough, yeah. I heard the phone, so I rung. Take care, Bill. Thanks for being a sponsor of The Four Outdoorsman. Congratulations. Be right back with uh, more stories about deer hunting on The Four Outdoorsman. saying thank you to our first responders and the service men and women of Minnesota. That's something we can all get behind. It's why Bob FM and our homegrown artists have teamed up to create this year's Minnesota Country Salute CD. When you buy a Minnesota Country Salute CD this year, you'll know the net proceeds go to the Minnesota Military Family Foundation and Wheels of Honor, two organizations that ensure those who serve us are not forgotten. Say thank you when you pick up your Minnesota Country Salute CD starting this Veterans Day. You've heard us talking about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. 
Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com and thanks. Winter is not the time to have problems with your furnace. Get the best behavior out of your home heating and cooling system with Dezeal's Service Partner Plan. For just $9.99 a month, get professional priority service, two high-performance checks per year, no after-hours or emergency service charge, and much more. For the price of fancy coffee, the Dezeal Service Partner Plan can catch small problems before they are big ones. Call the top dog now and get January through March free. Dezeal Heating and AC, serving Wright County and West Metro. Learn more at DezealHVAC.com. Tired of losing your valuables down the ice fishing hole? Our friend Bill Katz with BK Outdoors LLC has the most simple, affordable solution on the market. Katz covers are a strong polycarbonate hole cover you can stand on and fish through. Your phone, electronics, keys, kids, and pets can now be safe with this simple solution. Go to CatsCovers.com. That's K-A-T-Z-K-O-V-E-R-Z.com. Made in Minnesota, a veteran-owned company. You can order yours directly or visit one of Bill's great retail partners to get yours now. Mark here with Everest Men's Health. I'll tell you, I got kind of sick of the traditional healthcare system. When you go, you got to wear a mask. It seems like everything's a video call. No one really cares. All they do is pump you full of medicine. You know what? There's a different kind of place out there. It's Everest Men's Health. It's a health facility designed specifically for men. So you can go for $50, get your blood tested. They can get your body composition test done. They can put you on a path to feel better about yourself. Go to Everest Men's Health. They have three locations, eversmenshealth.com. I'm here with the new sponsor, Capra's Outdoors owner, Sam Oftedal. And you know what? It's hunting season, Sam, but you know what's right around the corner? Ice fishing season. Sam, tell us what Capra's has for ice fishing stuff. Yep. We're going to be making ice here later in this week up north for sure. And we have all the gear you need for ice fishing. We got flashers. We got houses. We have augers, all the baits, tackle you can think of, rods. So don't. it's never too early to get your ice fishing stuff before it's gone. Um, there's a lot of shows this fall and winter, but you, we're always. it's always a show at Capra's for your ice fishing. 8565 Central Avenue, Capra's Outdoors. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at clamoutdoors.com ice fishing season is almost here the 2022 hardwater ice fishing expo is coming to the national sports center in blaine november 18th through the 20th featuring the latest gear like augers tackle rods reels sleds trailers electronics and more stick around for great pro seminars and learn tips and tricks that will help you catch more fish this winter there's fun for kids and adults so bring the whole family don't miss the 2022 hardwater ice fishing expo november 18th through the 20th at the national sports center in blaine you know the best time of the year in Minnesota is right now? Just walk in the woods near Ely makes my day whether I bring home a couple of grouse or not. And I stop by Arrowhead Outdoors on the east end of town where Chris and Steve tell me and everybody else where hundreds and hundreds of public trails are. The grouse numbers are way up and Arrowhead Outdoors has everything you need for a memorable bird hunt. You got fall fishing, grouse hunts, Ely, Minnesota. That's Arrowhead Outdoors Bait, Tackle, and Hunting Camp. Well, anyhow, getting to be that time of year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let it run for a little bit. Fifteen minutes. I'm a deer hunter. How do you do? I got this deer hunting rapping tail for you. That's Sam singing, everybody. I'm so excited. It's my favorite time of year. I love to freeze my buns chasing trophy deer. But don't clap your hands to the stomping of the beat. Cause yeah, he's like me. He can't he can't keep a steady beat. No. <laughs> you are right on. I can go all, I can do this whole thing. I'll do one more one more thing. Well, we party now, the news of life. It's my chance to drink beer and get away from the wife. It's the boys' night out, acting stupidly. Say now, baby, baby, don't you think maybe how about you and me? Yeah. That's enough. That's enough. Well, we party now. I like when they beatbox. You don't get that kind of entertainment on Real Talk Outdoors, but you learn something on Real Talk Outdoors. They're on at uh, 7 o'clock if you guys uh, want to join them and uh, more talking about hunting and fishing. And uh, the boys will take care of you there. It's a great show as well. I love that stuff. It's, what a good combination. We have mm-hmm. no idea what we're talking about, having yep. fun. These guys teach you stuff and uh, got a lot of stories as well. We're a good warm-up act. Speaking, speaking of stories, yes, we are. Tell us about your first successful deer hunt, Mark. Did we already do that? Uh, we didn't. My first successful deer hunt, and, and here's a disclaimer, I've never shot a buck of any magnitude in my life. So I deer hunted from 12 till about 21 and went to Minnesota for school and and really didn't get to do it again until we started the radio show eight years ago. Then I got back into it. Yeah. So uh, I don't have a lot of time in the woods like you guys. I didn't hunt for 30 straight years or whatever. My first deer was my second year. I was in a stand kind of on a ridge and um, a nice doe walked by probably... 75 yards it was walking lightly and i shot i was you know shaking freezing cold i had no way did i think i hit it but i I made a great shot it died about 20 feet later and it was i still remember my dad walking up to me because he was in a different stand and just the look on his face i don't think i've ever seen him that happy in my entire life and it was just a wonderful moment and uh he made me gut the deer myself there you go that's good good old man we didn't have four wheelers, so I dragged the deer a very long ways by myself, and it was just a wonderful experience. And I can't wait to do it again. You will. Congratulations! Isn't that fun? You know, and yeah. you talked about oh, it wasn't. I've never shot a, a buck of a magnitude of any magnitude at all in my life. It's, it's, it's overrated. It's mm-hmm. over because you can't control walk, what walks in front of you unless you have the time to scout, prepare, yep. do this, videotape trail cameras, and then try to pick that one deer. If you're hunting up in thousands of acres like St. Louis County mm-hmm. up in Ely, Minnesota area where we hunt, uh, you just – whatever comes along, you got, you got to be lucky, man. I would say I've probably seen four or five decent bucks in my life in the woods. Last year I saw one in your property walking out with my son Nick, and it kind of hopped away towards uh, – away from your property. Um, the first year I saw a nice buck walk by, and I didn't shoot because I was terrified. Didn't think I would hit it or I should shoot. And then, uh, you know, there's always that buck in the distance. The first year I was at Sam's place, I saw a nice buck, but it was 100 yards out. I didn't have a scoped rifled barrel yet, and I I pulled the bead up, and the bead was larger than the deer at 100 yards, so I decided not to shoot. So um, I've been trying to be a little more selective, you know, on other other people's land, and I don't want to really shoot a small buck. Nothing wrong with shooting a small buck by any means. But, um, yeah, I just haven't had the opportunity yet. There again, go ahead, Sam. I was just going to say, when it comes to big bucks, too, like hunting, like Shrew said, like 
you know, I know so many people who have gotten rid of game cameras and trail cameras because it's ruined the hunt for them. Because, you know, back in the day, a big buck would come across and you'd shoot it. Now it's like, well, that's one of the big bucks, but I think there's a bigger one. And then you find <laughs> yeah. out two weeks later it was hit by a car. You never got a shot at it. Right. And I'm also one that truly believes that Facebook has ruined hunters yeah. because they're like, oh, you shot that thing. You should have gave her another three years. I'm going to put this on a T-shirt for Capra's. But to me, a trophy is in the eye of the shooter. Ooh. A lot of people say that. Did like you guys the, get goosebumps? I did. Ooh, the I Outdoors did. Channel and, and all the hunting shows out there, they're they're awesome, but that kind of... It ruins they, it. They put an emphasis on rack size, and it really shouldn't be that. It should be... Um, there should be no shame in harvesting any animal no. for meat. No, I mean, and you know, the old the old timers, you've heard this probably a ton. Can't eat the horns, you know, and that that's it. Like, yeah. And I just I don't like it when people shame people for sticking out, you know, the time in a stand mm-hmm. and shooting something. You know, we don't all have the access to five thousand acres to even eighty acres when I'm hunting on. It's hard to like manage a buck to yeah. keep a buck on eighty acres. You can't with their no, range. I mean, no. you you're not going to be able to keep a buck alive for three years to be a trophy to shoot it there. Yeah, I just don't. There's like, too many hunters around. You know, if you want to wait five six years till sorry till a buck's five or six years old, that's awesome. Like that is so cool. If you want to shoot the first buck you see, that's awesome. Like, good for you. Mm-hmm. Kudos for getting out. As long we, as you're eating it. Yeah, and we shouldn't, like, blast them. Like, oh, that yeah. needed a couple more years, you dummy. Yeah. Like, And you see that all the time. All you're the time. right on, on social media. And Key- it's like... Uh, keyboard warriors. I, I, I'm certainly happy to take a doe, like, on your property. Yeah. I didn't shoot the one because, I mean, it was really small. It was yeah. a yearling. Well, we would have made fun of you. Pal. I know you would have. <laughs> I know you would have. Those are the easiest to drag, though. That's true, but it's... You don't have to drag it. You can put that on your shoulders. I saw it. <laughs> you can get, you know, 20 Looked pounds like Rin of Tin Tin. So uh, I didn't want to shoot Bambi, but... Um, Spots just fell off. But still, you have that as a man. You're like, if you're, I'm a 42-year-old guy. If you're posing with a doe, you still feel like, yeah, it's a doe. But you shouldn't. You Be shouldn't feel that it. way. No. Be proud of it. It's just like bear hunting, too, like... People are like, oh, it was only 120 pounds. Like, well, it's bigger than the other last bear I shot, which was zero. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just don't like deer shaming. Like, yeah, there should you want to shoot or a, fish shaming too. Yeah, you, you know, know what? Like, I'm gonna give kudos to my brother-in-law, Jake Green Beret. Comes home, has ever shot a deer, goes and shoots a deer with me. He scoped himself with the scope, Green Beret, right? He scopes himself. Well, now, 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 you, most people don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, where, where the scope. They put it so close, it comes back and it cuts you on your yeah. your forehead. Yeah. So he's bleeding like crazy, and he shot like a smaller doe, and he was jacked. Yeah, like, uh, he's the man amongst men, right, for what he's done in his career. Yeah, and he was happy with it. That's how we, everyone should be. If if you're gonna pull the trigger, be proud of him putting a picture of it. Yeah, that is funny. So how you I'm, all see a picture of me of a very small doe next week, <laughs> and I and and I hope you're smiling ear to ear. Oh, I will be. Yeah, I'll tell you, I made um. So Oliver shot a deer last week. And I made some jerky out of the roast, and it's some of the best jerky I've ever had. I'm so excited to get meat and uh, do stuff like that. Shout out to my f- friends at Walton's. Um, John from Walton's was going to be on tonight and talk about, give us some tips about preparing meat, but uh, he's under the weather, so he can't make it. But I use some Walton spices, and I'll tell you, it, it's the best jerky I've ever had, I think. The first and year I gave I, it all away. The first year I ever shot, uh, I didn't, we didn't get. And uh, there used to be a thing, Eric called the strip in the hundreds and thousands of acres that we hunted up in Ely, Minnesota. And I was in eighth grade, and that's when I had the shotgun. 
and uh, they put me on a log, and they, at that time they drove. They had an idea there was a dirt road, maybe 200 yards of woods and swamp, and then Mud Creek. So usually if you're coming from east to west and you got four or five guys walking, you might push something that general direction. And they shot a monster buck, and I never found it. No one ever found it. We found a piece of bone. It was a brisket shot. That's what they said. Um, and that was kind of frustrating, but it was such a thrill. I stood up. I remember I could see it coming. I stood up. It was raining. I shot it. I missed. I, I didn't get it, but it still it gets you. know, That was the first year. Thirteen year old kid. What does brisket mean? Like below? Like brisket is like the stomach, right? No, brisket is the chest, isn't it? Who knows? Yeah, yeah that's it's below. The front chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I must have been early, whatever it was, and uh, in front of the legs. And as a matter of fact, I didn't have the the uh, twelve gauge, twenty gauge. I would have dropped it right there. One of my dad's neighbors gave me a thirty thirty. Earl Hetherington gave me a thirty thirty to use, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a bolt action. Um, so anyway, that was exciting. Didn't get one when I was thirteen. There was no deer hunting season when I was fourteen years old, and I don't remember why. And maybe it was just only a one weekend season mm. because of the number of deer out there or something. Really, they canceled the season. Yeah, it was might have been a two day season. Check in nineteen. That would have been a nineteen sixty six. Something like that. So my dad didn't go up there. They went up for 10 days to get away from the women, you know. Now, doing that, just not going for a weekend. So my dad never went hunting. And so I didn't go hunting. Uh, then when I was 15, I got up. I was on the Greek stand. It says nothing but a log overlooking a, a ledge. And uh, I got a, a nice eight-point buck early in the morning. And uh, I got two deer that year. And that was really, really cool. But the first shot that I had, I hit it. It took off, and I didn't know what to do. I'm 15 years old. Mm-hmm. My dad said, describe what happened, like your dad kind of, and you guys were taught by your parents as well. And I said, I hit it. It jumped and took off. My dad said, if it, I, I shot it, and it jumped. He said, if it jumped, you hit it. And he got the direction. My dad found it about three blocks later under a log. It literally knew it was on its way out and slid under a log. All you could see were the horns. That was kind of cool. So I learned something about that. Now, mm-hmm. what's cool about it, you have to give back. It's like, you know, pay it forward and all that kind of thing. About 10 years later, I'm with a guy named Gary Nielsen. My pretty wife knows Gary from Fisher Nut Company. We used to work together. And I put him on the Greek stand. And he shot something. I was walking in the area trying to push stuff toward him. And I came to him. I said, what would you get? I, said, I don't think I got it. Well, let's go take a look and tell me what happened. He said, well, I, he'd never had a deer before. And I said, I shot, it jumped, it took off, and I, I don't see any blood or anything. I thought, well, if it jumped, you got it, you hit it. And mm-hmm. I was that cool, like, like my dad did. <laughs> wow, you're like it, a tracker. It was really cool. I found <laughs> just a little bit drops of blood and was maybe about a 25-minute walk. It was no snow, you know, and it's, it's hard to do that sometimes. And it was a monster. And Gary saw that deer and started crying. He got it. And I was, so I was proud to, to do that because I learned that from my dad. So it's just uh, kind of giving back. A lot of fun. We have about five minutes left. Will you tell your Bruce Bernard story? I got a couple of Bruce Bernard stories, but my buddy Bruce Bernard, I do, well, I've got five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, buddy Bruce Bernard's died of uh, cancer, uh, pancreatic cancer at the age of 37, hunted with me for many, many years. Met him at Fish Fisher Nut Company. And one time he liked, to, he liked to have a lot of fun, but he was an avid, avid, hardcore hunter and fisherman. He liked the devil's lettuce, they say. Uh, he might have done that. Anyway, so I'm walking up a beautiful day like yesterday was, right? And I'm walking up the ridge to Bass Lake. I knew where he was going to be approximately. I'm trying to push stuff around. I go out and I see him sitting overlooking Bass Lake. And he's got one sleeve on his, on his plaid shirt. And he turns around and he's smoking a joint. And he says, man, you could have been a freaking Indian. That's what it comes like. I was so quiet. And I said, what's? 
What's the one? What's the one sleeve? Go, what is going on here? He says, uh, "Well, I didn't have toilet paper. Either my foot's going to get cold or my arm. I think I'd rather have my arm get cold <laughs> because he, he had to wipe his butt with something. He took it, ripped his sleeve off. You know? Did he floss with it or what? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, so so that's so we, we had a lot of great times. Bruce Bernard's. I can when we go out and have a beer tonight, I'll tell you more stories about Bruce Bernard's. But uh, at the age of thirty-seven, he got pancreatic cancer. His whole life is done. There's no there's no coming back for the most part." And he knew he was not going to be able to hunt that year. And uh, with about three weeks after, before deer hunting, two weeks before deer hunting, his doctor said, you know what? Your chemo numbers look good this time. Go deer hunting. And he was thrilled. Comes up to the cabin. We play cards that night. He's shooting drugs into his chest or one of those, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call those things, you know, and just to keep himself alive. He went out the next morning, got a beautiful, beautiful deer, and he couldn't drag it or anything. So Rick Longevin and Bob Krejci, Rocket Man, helped him drag this beer back, that deer back in, and and uh, that was November of whatever year it was, and and he passed away in January. So God gave him one more chance. A cool, cool That's story, because cool. mm-hmm. he literally called me about four days before before season. I'm going. That's a cool. Story. That is cool. That is really so, cool. Yeah. But uh, a lot of great stories about him. Well, got, got any shout outs? I didn't do shout out because we're doing the call in thing. We had some on there. I think it, um, no, I just said no shout outs tonight. Just call in with something. I think it went pretty well. What do you think? Are we done? Well, soon we're just, I'm just reflecting. Did you like the call in thing? Well, of course I do. It's it's, it's always a lot of fun. Maybe we should do it more often. Well, what if no one calls in? We'll be embarrassed. Well, we can we, always we talk. We us three know how to talk. I think the, that when you do things like like this, I mean, everybody loves the outdoors, who hunts and fishes, whether it's on the Real Talk Outdoors or our show. Just sharing stories it mm-hmm. makes people feel good, and it's real, real stuff, you know. And yep. uh, um, it's a brotherhood. We've all we all experience the same kind of thing. And we're very cool. blessed to be in the state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We have all the opportunities we have. Yep. And if you don't get outside and enjoy, whether it's fishing, hiking, biking, hunting, whatever it is, then you're wasting your time. Go someplace else. It's just we're very blessed to have all the opportunities we have in the state of Minnesota. I have a couple shout-outs quick before go. ahead. Shout-out to Sam, whose birthday is Monday. That's Thank a you. big day. I appreciate it. Um, shout-out to my beautiful wife. It's our 14-year anniversary on Tuesday. Happy happens anniversary. happens to be uh, Election Day, so hopefully the restaurants will be clear, I guess. And but, you're hoping um, your wife elects to keep you for another 14 years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hope so. so. Yeah, yeah you're right. Cute. Yep. Um, all those hunters, you know, it was windy today. It's going to be warm, I think, Tuesday and Wednesday. But Thursday through Sunday is looking good. I might get my license. Can I still get my license and hunt with you guys? Yeah, two? you got to just Where can you go? Before. Yeah. To get a license. You could go to Capper's Outdoors at 8565 Central <laughs> Avenue in Blaine. Or if you don't want to travel because we don't make much money on it, you can go to Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the show for tonight. A lot of fun. I'll tell I you hope- what, thanks to uh, everybody who called in, and thanks for sharing the stories, and thanks for listening to The Four Outdoorsmen. Be safe. Uh, congratulations to Wade Ryan, my buddy. You got a small deer this uh uh, well, it's a nice deer. You know, I'm not going to shame him for, for getting a small deer uh, this morning as well. <laughs> for every talk yeah. about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, yeah. have a great, safe week, everybody. Stay tuned. Listen to the to uh, the Real Talk Outdoors, and my buddy Mark's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories.